Welcome back to Mother Where Art Thou, your go-to podcast for moms, where we talk about mom life and everything else in between. Being a mom looks different for everyone. Our journeys are different in so many ways. What does your mom life look like? Today, we're going to talk to one mom about what it's like being a stay-at-home mom. And my guest is the lovely Mary Margaret. She was so kind as to accept my invitation to be a guest on my podcast. Mary Margaret, thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm 27. Uh, I married the best man ever, Eric. He's a pilot for United. And um, we got married June of 2017. We had our daughter Harper in end of June 2018. And now I'm expecting again for July 2019. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And any thoughts of going back to work were dashed as soon as we found out I was pregnant again well yeah (laughs) congratulations it was kind of like bam 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 here we are it wasn't (laughs) wasn't planned but we're really excited Harper just went down um she usually sleeps from like seven to seven that's been her new thing and it's been amazing I've never felt so refreshed in my whole life but yesterday (laughs) actually she had it was our first like bloody episode where she like fell and you know hit her face because she's learning to crawl and I was like oh my god like you're okay and I just I picked her up and she was looking at me with these big eyes and panic and I was like what's wrong and then all of a sudden her mouth is like full of blood and she starts screaming and I'm freaking out and my husband's at work and like I hadn't I, I couldn't figure out what happened like she was on carpet she was it was the safe zone and oh, oh my I, I was I'm panic like complete and utter panic and I don't do blood like I I pass out and get nauseous and all that ridiculous stuff so I mean I think I was more like freaked out than she was she was totally fine like 10 minutes later I don't deal with situations like that very good at all like I I go into full like blown panic, panic. like <laughs> we got to go to the hospital type of thing well, I mean, I knew it wasn't that bad because her, she just cut two bottom teeth. And so I know that they're not out very far. And I know that that's what pierced her top lip. So it's not like it went through or she bit through her tongue or anything horrible like that. Anything on the face bleeds like extra, extra. Um, and I just know that from friends that have children already. So as soon as I figured out where the blood was coming from, I was like, okay, it's fine. And it swelled up all big. It was the saddest thing ever. But now that was yesterday. And today you can't even tell. And it's like, it never happened. She's chewing on everything, putting everything in her mouth again. So, so you've already told me about when you've become a mom, what is your schedule like? Well, um, when she gets up, she doesn't always immediately eat, but she immediately wants to be picked up. Um, and we usually go downstairs and we start her play for the day. I put on some music, I make a bottle and if she doesn't take it, um, right away, we just play with toys and she has this, um, bouncer. Um, it's sort of like the, in between the door bouncers, but it stands alone and she bounces like crazy in it. Like she's going to have the strongest legs ever. 
she plays in that and then uh, there's like a like it's almost like a bumpo but it has like a a tray with a bunch of things to distract her and play with and um we do that and then she usually goes down for a nap ideally would be like two hours but it's never always two hours sometimes it's way less um and then really it's just on and off of play if it's not freezing outside go for a walk or go to the park play more eat more really just whatever keeps her entertained all day long um she's great in the car so if, if i have to run errands um as soon as i put her in a car seat she pretty much passes out wherever we're going which is great and um yeah i mean she's she's really a good baby it's just keeping her occupied and entertained she doesn't really watch like tv she's not interested in like tablets and shows or anything yet like i'll put on the little mermaid like ooh, maybe she'll watch it and now she's completely not interested yet we took the battery out of a remote for her and that's her favorite toy anything that she's really not supposed to have is what she wants of course but um and she loves the grocery store so uh-huh. instead of one grocery store trip a week i space it out and i go like every other day because I don't know if it's like sensory overload, but she freaking loves it. It's whatever makes her happy. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I mean, if I have something to do, we'll go do it. But if not, like, it's really just what can we do to keep Harper occupied all day? The most important thing is keeping them happy. Whatever keeps them happy and quiet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. You I mean, know, she had, she had a crazy. They, you know, of course, today was snow apocalypse, and we got nothing, not nothing. even a breath of snow, nothing. So it's just cold outside. But because they closed all the schools, um, my husband didn't have to go to work. So we were like, "Oh, this is so great! It's like he's playing hooky, and we'll hang out with Harper all day, just the three of us." And she was a hellion. She whined and just. Have took like two 20 minute naps like almost non-existent naps today and she was just being a pill and I was like the one day your dad gets to stay home with us oh so <laughs> it was because he was around I don't I don't know maybe she's oh, I, I can't tell you what it was she's <laughs> she's um trying a bunch of different foods now we're doing purees yeah. um and I keep thinking that, like, maybe it's that, but I don't know. What do I know? I think everybody's just guessing. Not too long ago, I had, let me see if I can find it. Um, I did, like, a podcast on, like, quotes that I found that I really liked. And it, one of them was, like, hold on, let me see if I can find it in my notes here. Okay, well, I don't think this is going to work out for me. It was something like, um, <laughs> it was something a lot like, um, we're all just winging it. Yes. Um, and then something my about life, eye- my eyeliner, everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what it was. I think I have that posted on my Instagram somewhere. Yeah. But that was oh, before my- I had children. I was winging it and I'm still <laughs> winging it. <laughs> I think we're always going to be winging it. <laughs> I actually talked to um, a friend of mine who's um, due in April. It's her first, and they're having a son. It's my husband's best friend and his wife. And um, she was texting me today, like, asking me questions like, hey, did you did you guys take any birthing classes um, and all these questions? And I, I mean, I kind of felt 
bad, not bad, but I was just like, no, no, I didn't do any of that. She was like, really? Oh my God. I'm, that's just so surprising. I feel like you would have. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> the idea of like people all breathing in a room together, like gave me a lot of anxiety. Um, and like holding like a plastic baby. I don't know. It just, it totally weirded me out. And so I skipped all of that. Um, and so I'm literally winging it every day. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you take any classes? No, I didn't. See, okay, it's not just me. No, it's not just you. I kind of felt the same way, like the idea of everyone in the room, like pretending they're about to give birth was just like, oh, yeah, Mm -mm. it's weird. Too much. (laughs) Like, well, I also didn't. I knew, I knew very early that I was going to have to have a C-section. So the Mm -hmm. idea of being in a room, like pretending to have a vaginal birth, was, I don't know, just sounded ridiculous. Like. Yeah. My daughter took the emergency exit. So was it because of preeclampsia or anything like that? No, she was actually um, breached from really early, but I have a heart shaped uterus. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't know until I was like full pregnant. Um, And that means that the baby will pick a side and they will only be able to grow on that side. And the other side is taken up by, you know, placenta other organs all the other stuff that goes into it and um it makes for almost undeliverable um as far as the normal way so yeah I knew pretty early um because there's just literally no room for them to flip oh I see that like people were suggesting like oh you burn this incense by your big toe and I was like listen I'm not doing any of that Just, so what is that supposed to do? I, I have no idea. There's all of these um, things that people talked about to get your baby to flip, like doing handstands in the pool. And like um, there was this huge procedure where they um, give you an epidural and then they physically with their hands try and turn your baby. And like 70% of the time you have to have an emergency C-section anyways. And I don't know. It was just all this crazy stuff. And I was like, I just don't have this like – deep desire to have a natural birth like I just I don't care how she comes out I just want her to be healthy and okay I just went with whatever my my OB suggested and she was like c-section all day and it was the best experience like I talked to women that had such terrible experiences with c-section and it makes me super sad um, because I had such a great experience and if anybody is walking into that or you know especially last minute and they have all these fears like hear it from somebody who had an amazing experience like c-section was not as scary as it seems like my my appendectomy was worse to be completely honest so I remember we we were working together at czar when you when that happened oh my god we were That was the word. That was opening night. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh. That's and, the ma- and everybody thought I was faking it because I couldn't handle the pressure. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so <laughs> Oh, I, st- I remember it like it was yesterday. That was literally the worst pain I've ever been in in my whole life. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. Hands down. Hands down. C section was nothing. Oh, I bet. The recovery was like a little rough, but I mean, they give you drugs. Like, yeah, I didn't even take all of mine. 
like I, I switched to like 800 milligram ibuprofen, I think by like week, week two. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, um, it went really well. So obviously I'm going to have another C-section. I have to, um, with this one. So before when I was super nervous, now I'm not even nervous. Now I'm just like, I know it's going to be fine. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's totally going to be fine. You're at this point. It feels like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I, what is your best day? Like as a mom with, you know, all the things that you have ahead of you for the day, what does that kind of look like? The, the best day, like you're f- like, um, for me, my best day is like, if I've gotten up in the morning and I'm not like extremely tired, I'm able to be like more present and fun and, um, things mommy's don't, not tired. <laughs> mommy's not tired and things don't piss me off that easy. Right. Experience like just really good days. And then as a mom and then, just stressful ass, like I can't even mom type of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I would say um, my best day is really the days that she naps well, because when my daughter naps well, she sleeps well. And it just creates this cycle of rest that is beneficial for her and me, because when she sleeps well at night, I sleep well at night. Um, we did cry it out, um, which I know a lot of people are like super against, but pediatrician recommended it it saved my life we started it at like three months and she totally self-soothes now I do rock her to sleep now because I like it that's like my selfish mom thing um but she doesn't wake up like she used to before and you know me go back in and have to re-rock her or anything like I'll I'll rock her to sleep and then she'll go down and then if she wakes up in the middle of the night she might cry for like a minute or two maybe five minutes and she just puts herself back to sleep and it's a game changer. And then the next day, my best day is if she takes like two, two hour naps, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, because that's when you can get everything done. If your baby's asleep for two hours, you can watch Netflix, you can cook dinner, you can do laundry, do the dish. Like you can get anything done in two hours. It's just one nap. The next nap, Mm -hmm. if you have everything done, I mean, you could just take a nap too. That is really my absolute best day because when she has enough rest, she's so much happier. It's a completely different baby. Completely. Like I never realized everybody always said sleep and the baby sleeps. And it always made me so mad because like, I can't just fall asleep like a baby. Like it doesn't matter how tired you are. You have this like crazy mom adrenaline that comes out of nowhere. I don't know where it comes from. I was always the person that if I was tired, I was sleeping. Like there was nothing I could do about it. I was really worried that, you know, if I was exhausted, I was just going to pass out with her in my arms because I've always been that way. And this just never happened. You know, you just get this internal strength. So my best day is full of lots of baby naps and being able to get all of the stuff on my to-do list. I hate it when people say nap, like um, when the baby sleeps or whatever, because it's like a lot of stuff I need to get done. And no. I cannot just fall asleep on command. Right. Like here, the baby falls asleep at three o'clock, just sleep with her. And I'm like, okay, who goes to sleep at three o'clock in the afternoon? Nobody. (laughs) And if I, and if she sleeps at like five o'clock and she takes a little nap, I can't take a nap at five o'clock. Like I won't go to bed that night. I just, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, if, If it's early in the morning, like if she gets up at like six and then she only plays for an hour and then 
takes a nap from like seven to nine. Yeah, girl, I can totally go back to sleep 100%. percent mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't used to be able to do it, but a weird thing is this second pregnancy, I am disgusted by the smell and taste of coffee, which is super weird because I'm like a three cup a day girl. But mm-hmm. now that I don't have coffee in the morning, I can go back to sleep. No problem. If she takes a nap early, I'm with it. I just sleep right next to her on the couch. She gets in her rock and play thing and I can just sleep the whole time. <laughs> and then I That's feel refreshed. Where they're working so hard to grow that baby. <laughs> oh my God. You forget how tired it makes you. Oh my, exhausted. So since that's your best day, and that is such a perfect explanation of a best day, because it is so true. If your baby doesn't get sleep, you're not- Nobody's happy. Mm -mm. No one's happy if your baby is exhausted and isn't getting any sleep. What would your um, worst day as a mom, as as a stay-at-home mom look like? The opposite of that? (laughs) Yeah, the opposite of that. Well, honestly, now um, now that I had that, like, trauma day yesterday where she hurt herself I would actually say that the worst day would be any sort of dramatic event like that like if if yesterday hadn't happened I might say you know when she doesn't nap when I feel like I can't get anything done when she wants me to hold her all day but now after she split her lip open and bled all over the place and me having a total panic attack I think that uh I need to be a little bit more grateful for the (laughs) <laughs> for the days that she's just fussy, you know, like, cause the worst day is definitely that I, yeah, I no, I just can't, I can't live like that. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying. So really a bad day is any, any time that, or sick when your mm-hmm. baby has hurt themselves or they're sick, helpless, you're helpless, helpless completely. And then I just get, I don't know, I guess it sounds kind of like you, you and I share um, some similar similarities in like getting anxiety really bad over situations like that. And just, you just, can't, you just can't something else, but not this. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, so last night, um, you know, this all happens. I call my husband home from work early and I, I mean, bless him. He, I know he only came home early really just to calm me down because she was fine at that point. He was like, I'm just going to take her and watch her. And it happened to be, do you remember Sophie? Yeah. It was um, her birthday's Thursday. So I, we had plans to meet up with her to celebrate a little early and the three of us were going to go. But after, you know, all the trauma, um, he was just like, you, you just need to go relax. Like I've got her. She's fine. You need to get out of the house because I think he saw my blood pressure was like out of control. I mean, I just, the mom guilt. It was like, I mean, it's something I've done a a hundred times a day. Put her on the carpet just for a second. You know, she's learning to crawl. She was reaching for a toy and she just face planted. Like it it happens. Like she's not even walking yet. Mm -hmm. But I just, I felt terrible. Like I should have caught her. I should have. And that's ridiculous. I know. But my anxiety was through the roof. I was stressing myself out. Like she was totally fine and I was still upset. And he was like, you need to just leave (laughs) you need to get out of the house and like have an hour or two to yourself and he was totally right it helped I know that's right so um what we were what we were just talking about having your husband um uh give you that time away to relax kind of just falls into my next question of like most importantly like how do you find that time for yourself you know what do you do to wind down well 
you know, believe it or not, I put her down and me time is like my shower. <laughs> but um, a lot of people are like, oh, just put them in a bouncy seat outside the shower. You know, if they get upset for a second, it's fine because you can just get in there, you know, rinse off and wash your hair really quick and jump out. And I'm like, I can't live my life like that. I can't take a five minute shower because I'm stressed out about if she's going to need something. So I don't I don't shower during the day. I do before she wakes up or while she's asleep. (laughs) And it's like a luxurious 30, 35 minute shower. That's that's my me time. That is so me. In the shower. (laughs) Do you? Um, I just finished Up and Vanish, Payne Lindsay's podcast, which I'm obsessed with. Um, But I love true crime. Can I just say that I was listening to his podcast and my husband was like, this is my favorite podcast. And then I was like looking at it and I saw that it was like Payne Lindsay's podcast. I was like, what? I know, right? Isn't that so crazy? I was like drunk one time, like in like in one of his music videos, <laughs> and now he's doing crime you know, podcast. You know okay, even more hilarious is that my older brother, he's our oldest sibling, my brother, um, is his best friend. So Payne was the best man in my brother's wedding in May. So I've known Payne since we were kids, um, but I mean I don't know him really well. But I had actually never listened to a podcast ever until. You know, my family was like, oh, you know, our pain starting his podcast. And I was like, oh, I'll have to listen. And I didn't for like a year. And then he started um, Atlanta Monster and he was winning all these awards for solving that case and up and vanished. And I was like, holy shit, go pain. Oh, my God. I had no idea. So then I started listening. Like, I felt like such a bad family friend for not like jumping on the bandwagon sooner. (laughs) But yeah, he used to have... What was it? Right side of the tree? Yeah. Yeah. He like does his own little investigative work and he solves it. He figures out who done it. That is so is that cool. Like maybe I need a true crime podcast. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. So um, now that we've talked a little bit about like how you find time for yourself, what about you and your husband? How do you guys find time for each other? Do you guys ever go on date nights? What does that um, look like? Sometimes. It depends on if we're really in the mood to go out. I mean, honestly, I'm, you remember we worked a, in a bar together. So we've done the whole... I mean, I was bartender for almost, I guess, eight years. So I had quite the fill of um, going out, bartending, being in the scene, and my husband um, the same. So, I mean, that's all we did when we first started dating. Like, we were always out and about. We were always the couple that was doing something somewhere. Um, And it was great. We totally enjoyed it. But if we're completely honest, we don't miss it. We don't miss it at all. Like... We'll talk to friends that are out. It just sounds terrible. Like the idea of going to a place where you can't hear anyone talk and music's loud and the drinks are like 18 bucks. I just, mm -mm. so if we have a date night, we'll like do dinner because that's our thing. We like food. (laughs) So we'll go a place we haven't tried if there's a reason for it. Um, But we have our staples, you know, we have a ramen place we love. We have a sushi place that we love, a pho place that we're really into. Um, but I really cook a lot. So really, en- I, I enjoy cooking. If I could, if someone could just pay me to cook, that'd be great because I, I truly love it. Um, 
we I actually have friends that they say, uh, do you feel like cooking tonight? Um, just send me a list of ingredients and I send them a list and they go to the grocery store and pick up everything I ask for and they bring it over and I cook for them and we have dinner together. And that's like our thing. That's so cool. What's your favorite thing to cook? Oh, I don't know. Um, I like everything. Tonight I made a Korean braised short ribs. That sounds really good. good. It's actually my first time making it tonight, but it was so good. My husband was like, I think that, I think you need to jot that recipe down, whatever you did and make it a staple. So every time I make something that he super likes, then I write down the recipe of what I did. And one day I'll make a cookbook or I don't know, something like that. (laughs) I'd love to try out those recipes. You should start a blog where you talk about the things that you cook and then you write down the recipe. I know. I know. My mother's been pushing me to start a blog for years, but I, you know, I just, I've started it a couple times and I even went as far as like paying for my paying for the website and the rights to name and everything. And then I got cold feet the next week and I was just like, I'm not doing this. Like I was pregnant and I was like, I'm, I just don't, I don't want to yet. But, um, I think that there's a lot more to it than just, Oh, I'm just going to jot down a couple things. And I also don't believe in doing anything half-ass and so I would really want, you know, my all into it. And right now my all is a little occupied with, you know, my, my baby. I want to give her all of my attention while I have to give it. Especially because I feel guilty that I'm having a second one, like, literally right on top of her. Um, so all of these these months that I think are going to be really amazing, um, you know, when she's a year old and 13 months, 14, 15, 18, 20 months, like I'm going to have a newborn. And I, I already just, I feel like I'm going to miss, I mean, obviously I'm not, but I'm just trying to soak up as much me and her time before, you know, there's another munchkin taking up equal attention, maybe a little more in the beginning. So maybe one day. Yeah. What, in your opinion, for me, like pros and cons for me would be like, uh, I don't like, I don't get enough time to myself, you know, Um, but I get the time in the world with my kids. Yeah. Are you, um, are you working as well? Are you staying at home? Stay at home, mom. Yeah, girl. Mm -hmm. So you feel the struggle because, so it's hard. It's hard because it's like a catch 22. It's a double-edged sword because... I can't imagine leaving her and having to go to work. I feel like I would not want to go at all every day. You know, I would want to stay home. And then, but on the flip side, you're home and it's just a lot of home every day. Now you do have the freedom to like go and do and sure. But like, I mean, my daughter's seven months old. Like, it's not like she's going to run around at the park. Like, you know, we can swing for like 20 minutes and then she's over it. She's hungry. She's tired. Like, you know, there's only so much joy she can find in the outdoors at this age. So it's like a lot of, you know, the four corners of your living room, the four corners of your kitchen, the four corners of her nursery. And it just gets smaller and smaller to where you're like, I could, you know what? I could pick up some shifts. I could totally do that. Because it just would break up the, you know, the day-to-day, every day, inside, you know, kind of thing. 
But then I think about that and I'm like, nah, I, I change my mind every day. It's, it's really is a blessing to be able to not have to work. There's so many people that never get that opportunity. I try and remember that every time I'm like, oh, I need a break or, you know, anytime I have a weak moment, I just remember that, you know, some people have to go to work. It puts it in perspective for me. It snaps me out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so easy for, for me to, you know, forget, um, what other people, you know, have to deal with and, and go through when I'm so wrapped up in like my own struggles. And I think for me, if I was a little bit more like cautious of, you know, my complaining of the small things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, it would, it just, it puts it in perspective for you, but it's, it's not easy to like snap yourself out of it in the moment. It's not until you're reflecting on your day that you're like, you know what, I'm maybe I need to relax. Like, or, or was it really that bad today? No. Like, and you count your blessings and you have that, you know, you come down from the high of like getting everything done and like, go, go, go. And then you're like, I have an amazing life. And yeah, yeah, it takes, you know, it, it takes a second to like snap yourself out of it really. But I feel like that's normal. I feel like everybody will do it. Now, when we found out that we were having a second one so close, my husband went into like, I don't want to say full panic mode, but it was just like, how are we going to do this? Like, how, like, like literally how are we going to make this work? I don't have any family, um, besides my, you know, my dad and my stepmom and my little sister who's 15, but like, homegirl's 15. She is in full swing of adolescence. Like they are all hands on deck. Like they are busy, Mm -hmm. you know, like she's constantly got stuff going on and they're really involved with her. And I feel like with a teenager, especially at 15, it's like, you need to be involved. Like I totally get that, but they're pretty much my only like parent family that are here. Um, and I find myself being jealous of like, you know, other people that are like, oh, my mom watches my kids. And I'm like, I miss my mom. You know, she lives five hours away. But, you know, you make it work. It's different. And so when my husband was, like, having this panic about, oh, my God, it's going to be two, we, I, we both just, like, sat down and we had to remind each other. People do way more than we do with way less every day. Yeah. And we are lucky and we're fortunate. And it's going to be totally fine. The worst that could happen is that we like horribly screw up our children, but it'll be fine. <laughs> We're fine. It's totally exactly. We grew up totally on red dye and chemicals in our yeah, food. Girl. Oh, girl, nineties food. Oh my God, Dunkaroos, Gushers, dark, dark meat slash mystery meat, McDonald's chicken nuggets, which were, I have to say, better than they are now. Yeah, yeah, and, and like um, fruit. Fruit roll-ups, oh like God, gushers. That's what I'm saying. Juicy I mean, gems. Mm. That meme where she made a gusher sandwich out of like, um, like the fruit roll-ups or something oh, like that. Ew. She was like, "I'm an adult now. No one can tell. No one can tell me what I can't eat." <laughs> I totally eat it. <laughs> yeah, it would be really gross though. Being being a full adult, like I I pass gushers and fruit by the foot and fruit roll-ups in the grocery store and I hesitate I don't buy it because you know it's garbage but 
I do hesitate where I'm like, do I want that? I feel like I do. (laughs) (laughs) And especially being pregnant, it's like an excuse for everything. Like the baby wanted it. And I'm like, no, I don't need to put that shit in my body. (laughs) When I was pregnant with Rowan, I literally was like, I'm going to eat whatever I want because I can. I'm eating for two, which is I not guess, the case. Yeah, it's a myth, apparently, that you're not really <laughs> it's <a> total myth. <laughs> like, you're yeah. supposed to eat, like, what, like, three to 500 calories total more? Yeah, which is not a lot if you think about it. That's a pack of gushers. <laughs> exactly. I mean, think about it. And right. so I ate whatever I want, and, like, Wendy's hamburgers were was like my go-to and chocolate cake. Yum. I mean, yeah, the most weird, like just the weirdest combination. And so like I gained more weight with my daughter than I did with my son because with my son, I just craved like fresh fruits and veggies and salad. That's how I was with Harper with, with my first, uh, all I wanted was like blackberries and sliced mango. Not a mango, sliced mango. And actually, like, Ali Wong, the pregnant comedian, makes a joke about $8 mango that, you know, the hipster named Noah slices for you. It really tastes different because it's, like, ripe, so it's tart. Yeah. That everybody thinks you won the lottery sliced mango was my jam. I could go through, like, three packs of that in one sitting no problem it's so good it's so good (laughs) see like that's how I felt like when I was pregnant with my son I craved pineapple this is really weird but I ate it with sweet chili sauce like sweet Thai chili sauce that sounds delicious what are you talking about like with white rice (laughs) that sounds delicious you basically made a, a vegan sticky pork I pretty much did, and it was amazing. You just 100% made a vegan meal. Look at you go. It was. It was amazing until I put peanut butter with it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know. That sounds kind of good. I can do a pregnant chick right now. So, girl, you put peanut butter on anything. I am all for it. It was like um, the Asian, like, Thai peanut sauce kind of thing with the pineapple. You had an Asian theme. Yeah, I did. With my daughter, I had um, light clockwork every day. I had a blueberry English muffin with peanut butter and chia seeds on it. Yeah. I can't explain it. I don't. Like, literally the day I gave birth, Eric was like, oh, do you, you know, do you want your blueberry English muffin? And I was like, nope. Like, my interest was completely gone. (laughs) But I, um, all, like, really fattening greasy foods with her made me really sick um I was sick a lot um when I was pregnant with her and now we thought for sure this one was a boy because you know I had nausea for like two weeks and then it went away and I crave coca-cola which swear to god never been a soda drinker my entire life and I would probably stab someone for a coke like easy like I wouldn't think twice like it's my go-to oh my god it just it's so good it's so it tastes good it's more sugar than a Dennis Snickers candy bar in one coke right but it also gave me that like little extra kick when I was tired 
that like I think I needed. All right, you're about to be, I'm about to blow your mind again. I like the caffeine-free one. Not because I'm against caffeine, because it tastes different. I know. I know. Husband was like, I'm not buying caffeine-free Coke. And I was like, no, seriously, it's so much better. So if there was a mom out there who needed to know one piece of advice, and that was one thing that you wish you knew before being a mom. What would that be? Maybe maybe it wouldn't be an appropriate place at a baby shower to say this, but I would say go back through your registry and delete 90% of the things. It's so, it's so much useless stuff that I thought I would not be able to be a mom without this. I have all of these toys for my seven-month-old daughter. I packed 800 toys for her when we just went to Texas this past weekend, and guess what she played with for an hour? What? Trash an empty water bottle, and a pretzel wrapper from the airplane. That is what entertained her for over an hour. It just is mind-blowing. You know, like you don't need a, a wipes warmer. You don't need a bottle warmer. You know, like, it's, it's just all of these things that you think are so necessary, and they're just not. Get diapers, get wipes, get the best diaper rash cream, and don't feel guilty about returning things that people get you at a baby shower. That would be my advice because you don't need all of these things to be a mom. You don't need all of these things for things to go smoothly. Like you, you just don't, you don't. Only thing that I will need, and this is only if you formula feed, is a baby Brisa. Do you know what baby that is? Brisa. Okay, so I've heard about this, and my husband was like, we should get you one, but I read reviews that you have to clean it constantly. Okay, sell me. Do I need to get one of these? Okay, yeah, you do have to, like, do a deep clean on it, but that's not, like, after every fill-up, you know? I would say at least I clean it once or twice a month, really, you know? Once or like, twice a month? yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I was reading the reviews where it was like, you have to clean it like every night. No, no. Okay. But in my opinion, I don't, I don't clean mine every night and my baby's fine. And there, the uh, formula will get kind of like crusted up in the, the, the well, right. Because of powder going to a liquid, obviously that's going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, like I cleaned that out, but you know, like, as long as you're mindful of like the milk that's caught in the tray and like cleaning that out right. and making sure like the um the everything is like the the part where it dispenses the formula is like cleared off and the water dispenser part is not like gross or whatever. As long as you're mindful of that and you well, do I feel like it's just like a coffee, like like a Keurig or we have an espresso. It, it is and you know how people are when it comes to like newborn babies like they're so susceptible to getting sick and blah 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 I mean yeah they are susceptible to getting sick but sure. anyone is susceptible to getting sick you know like sheltering them from all the germs in the world is just gonna make their immune system uh, like, the friends that I have that are like extra germaphobes their kids are sick all the time dude all the time and I'm not saying that that's the reason but I just I think that I was super adamant about people like washing their hands and stuff when she was a newborn maybe to like two weeks old right and then you just the, the people that you bring around your two-week-old they're gonna wash their hands like they're not gonna be coughing and hacking and then coming to hold your baby so yeah but I I 
I was totally relaxed on germs and everything. And Harper didn't get sick until six months old. You know, not being dramatic about germs was the way to go. I am right there with you. I am definitely not overly dramatic about that. In the beginning, 100%. But when they hit like that six month mark, they're disgusting. You gonna wipe their hands off every time after crawling? You can't. I love that you said I need a baby Brezza because, I mean, I breastfed for four months and I was done. I was so over it. I had a friend who breastfed until a year and I was like, girl, I don't know how she did it. Like, kudos to her, but it was not the life for me. I just, I didn't have this like deep bonding feeling with it or anything. Like, I felt just as bonded giving her a bottle. You know, like it was just, it was hard. It was painful. It was just the time. It it was a lot. Honestly, um, if my boobs were smaller, I feel like it wouldn't have been as difficult. Right. Which, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm telling you, like, these things are gigantic. There's no easy way to breastfeed a baby when one of your boobs is three times the size of her head. Seriously, you feel like you're going to suffocate them. Like, it's it's terrifying. Like, is she going to breathe? I don't know. Like, so the second one, I might breastfeed for like a month if I can and then just go straight to formula because she is happier with formula. She was in the 18th percentile for her weight and 20th for her height when she was breastfed. And then we switched to formula and she shot up to the 80th percentile in both. That's awesome. Yeah, like, you know, I just wasn't giving her enough. I am pro-formula, girlfriend, like. Yeah, with Rowan, I didn't, I mean, I breastfed, I want to say for maybe like a month. I really didn't breastfeed that long. Um, It's hard. It was extremely hard. It's way harder than they make it sound. Yes, and it really, I mean, and it's not like they help you, really. It's the world's biggest lie. Like, it's such a lie. The only thing that's cool about it is that it's free because formula is expensive. <laughs> right. right. But other than it being free, no. <laughs> yeah. And th- and I wouldn't even waste money on like going to a breastfeeding class unless you are like for breastfeeding your baby. Gung-ho. Well, not only that, you could be 100% for breastfeeding and you could not produce. You yep. could not be able to latch. You could not, I mean, there's so many things that you, you never think are in the cards for you. You don't realize how many things go into it. Mm-hmm. My son has a tongue tie and basically like his tongue doesn't have the full range of motion. Like he can still eat and talk and think, you know, but it, it just caused for him breastfeeding. To- Yeah, it caused him to have a hard time, like, latching. Breastfeeding just didn't work, and I wasn't producing a lot of milk. Now, granted, I did have my boobs done, like, right before I found out I was pregnant. It was a fluke thing. Oh, no. Yeah. They they gave me a pregnancy test right before my surgery, and it it was negative. But when I found out I was pregnant, I was seven weeks pregnant and five weeks post-op. I was too early. Oh, so you were like super, you were barely pregnant. Yeah, I was barely pregnant. So I was having a hard time adjusting to that. And then here I am, like after nine months of that, you know, and then like my baby's trying to get milk out of these. (laughs) And you're like, nobody, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> then I got mastitis in both of my I had it twice. Okay, I take it back. Appendectomy wasn't the worst pain. Mastitis, by far. It gives you flu-like symptoms. I had a fever. I had chills. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I went to the ER because I had a fever, like, that was... High. It was really high. It, I mean, I was just like, I've never had a fever, like, that high in my adult life ever. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, What is wrong with me? And my boobs were these giant red, bright red watermelons that were, like, fucking hard. You couldn't get any milk out of them. It was the worst experience of my life. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, mastitis is so for real. Yeah, formula all day. I'm I'm 100% for it. We do Similac. It comes in my Amazon Prime subscription. They deliver it in bulk. Saves a bunch of money. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm all for it. But, oh, my gosh. As soon as she's off formula, it's going to be like getting a pay raise. Yes, it will be. It will it's be. Like, it's like $300 a month. Yeah. And the Baby Breeza, like, the reason why I like the Baby Breeza is because I don't have to mix. And all I do is put the bottle up in there, you know. And it warms it too, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect temperature. We got ours off of Facebook Marketplace for 40 bucks. It's originally like 180 Yeah, well, I think that was the reason why we went against not getting one because they were like 200 bucks when we were looking. And yeah. I was like, eh, I don't need that. But I'm about to start all over again in July. And I, I'm not going to have an extra hand. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I should be getting a baby present. Well, put it on your um, on your baby registry for baby number two. Ugh, I don't even know if I'm gonna do a registry. I'm not kidding. Just we have so much stuff. Like, I mean, it piles up. It piles up. But if anybody does, if you want anything, just say I want a baby Brizzo. Yeah, I guess that's true. You're right. You're right. You know? I'll do that. <laughs> Man, it's been so awesome catching up with you. And I know I love talking to you. It sounds like you got mom life under control it's not perfected but it's going well thank you so much for having me on your podcast thank you for being on my podcast I really appreciate it anytime I can't wait to hear and listen to some more episodes that you have going up I'll add you into my repertoire true crime murder mother where art thou I'm glad I get to be in your playlist for your podcast. It's my shower playlist. Yes. Thank you again so much. And I'll let you know um, when I post the episode, okay? Okay, sounds great. All right, girly. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, goodbye. Wow, so Mary Margaret had some really awesome stuff to say about what life is like being a stay-at-home mom. We can try to make schedules, but most of the time, like, you're going to veer off that schedule and you're just going to end up going with how the day goes, you know? There's really just no measuring of what it's going to be like or or whatnot and you know accidents happen and we can't blame ourselves we might feel some mom guilt but you know the day goes on and we just do the best we can that's all we can do you know I know from my own personal experience that being a stay-at-home mom isn't as luxurious as you know some people might think it is it's such a blessing yes but our job it's never done 
you know we don't get to go to the bathroom on our own hardly ever we don't get to eat lunch by ourselves if we get a chance to eat um I just experienced that when my child or when anybody's child is sick um it's gonna take me twice as long to get better because I'm taking care of all the sick individuals in the house so that uh that was really just a, an experience with in itself um I don't know if any other moms have experienced that have have any other moms experienced that being sick at the same time that your kids are sick and having to um take care of them and and kind of you know you have you have all the energy that you're using to take care of them that it takes you twice as long to to get better my daughter had strep and then I also was sick I don't think I had strep but it was definitely a severe cold for sure Um, and thank God my seven-month-old didn't get strep but the whole situation of us all being sick in the house and then my husband's shortly falling behind um, it was just really rough and and it felt like we were all sick forever I just felt like I couldn't get myself feeling better after getting everyone else in the house good and and taken care of but I I don't know if any of you guys out there can relate to that if you can I'd love to hear you guys' stories of of what being a stay-at-home mom is like and you know maybe you have a story of you know your first bloody experience with your little one Uh, mine I guess would be when my daughter we were at the splash pad play park and she tripped while she was running around you know in the water and she scraped her knee up pretty bad and she was bleeding and she was screaming and she was not happy and it was just such a horrible experience and I wanted to make her feel better but I you know like nothing I could do would would make like would make her feel better and I just felt so bad and I felt like it was my fault I felt like you know, I had to just be as calm as I as I could, and that that was hard. And um, you know, I just tried to do the best that I can. We're all, you know, trying our hardest to just do the best we can, and I'm so fortunate to be able to do that while being at home. Um, I have a hard time compartmentalizing my thoughts, and it's a challenge because in the forefront of my mind is what am I going to do today to make me feel more productive? And I mean, how counterintuitive is that? We already have a full day ahead, but the stigma of being a stay-at-home mom puts so much pressure on me that I feel like if I'm not generating some source of contribution to the family, that I'm just a lazy, spoiled housewife. And that's not even it at all. You know, we're just putting all of our energy into our children, and that takes energy. That is work. You know, and we're doing that all day, every day, and it, it's such a blessing. But there, it's not just awesome all the time. We do have moments where things happen that, you know, we feel guilt from and or, you know, we're not getting enough time for ourselves or our relationship's not getting enough time, you know, or whatever. We have panic attacks, like when stuff is like not working out um and we and it's just I know that 
I'm not a lazy, spoiled housewife. I know that I am a stay-at-home mom that does the best that I possibly can. And I'm here to put the hammer down on that. If anyone thinks that stay-at-home moms are just lazy housewives, I'm calling bullshit. We do a lot outside of just being moms, and I know that for a fact. Stay-at-home moms do a lot. So, yeah, there's that. But we all have pressures coming from somewhere, you know, so it is what it is, but I'm not going to be subject to think any of that is true. I love being a stay-at-home mom, but whether you are or not, all moms work hard. We all work hard. If you're a working mom, you work really hard. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you work really hard. Single mom, you work really hard. None of us are perfect moms. We are all just doing the best we can so i mean that was such an awesome episode a fun episode um i loved catching up with mary margaret and talking mom stuff and mom life so um thank you so much for hearing mary margaret's story and what it is like to be a stay-at-home mom um and i have a lot of great stories coming up for you guys so keep an eye out for any updates on our facebook page and don't forget to subscribe like and share mother where art thou um also we do now have a new website and that is mwatpodcast.com and if you guys have any suggestions or if you guys just want to talk about anything or Um, Maybe uh, you have some questions for me personally. Uh, You can go ahead and email me at our new email address, and that is mwatpodcast at gmail.com. That is the permanent Mother Where Art Thou email address. Thank you guys so much, and have a great night. Have a good weekend, and I know that schools are out tomorrow. If you are in the Atlanta area in Georgia, schools are out tomorrow because we are expecting snow, and hopefully we get snow, but um, if we don't, have fun with your littles and your family, and I look forward to seeing some fun pictures of, you know, hopefully people sledding, but anyways, thanks for listening.